Here we go, guys. Welcome back to episode number 22 of Sports with Jesus. Sports. We talk about sports. Wit. It gets witty. You know, wordplay, smart play, intelligent wordplay. Jesus is my middle name. Jesus is also our Lord and Savior. Jesus Cristo, man. Let's go, guys. Woo! Who's feeling the energy, man? Who's feeling the energy, man? Episode 22, back-to-back days recording. We ain't slowing down, guys. We ain't slowing down, man. Your boy Marcos just got, you know, a new drive, new push, you know, like a couple days ago. Just, you know, stuff just keep happening, man, and it just it's motivating me more to go hard, man. We gotta go hard! We're going hard together, guys. We're going hard together. Excuse. Sorry. Sorry if I'm a little loud. Watch out, headphone users. Warning. But let's get it, man. We're in episode 22. My boy Mike's favorite number. You know, I wish he was on here, but, you know, it is what it is. Things happen. And uh, let's get it, man. We're going we're gonna to talk about football, man. We're going to talk about baseball, man. And you already know that Bible talk, man. Let's go. Let's get right into it, man. No, no games are being played right now. Let's go. Ooh, I'm on one right now, man. I'm on one, guys. I really hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Last episode, you know, Little interviewed my brother. You know, I, first off, I just want to say, you know, before we get into the football talk, you know, yesterday, I should have congratulated my brother because he is having a baby boy. My older brother is having a baby boy, man. My older brother, Jonathan, his firstborn you know, he's going to be a daddy, man. He's going to be a daddy. So, you know, congratulations to my brother. You know, I'm sorry I couldn't make the baby shower. But I was there for the gender reveal. You know what I'm saying? I was there for the gender reveal. But I wasn't there for the baby shower. You know, I feel horrible. And, you know, work is getting in the way of my family time. So, you know, changes are going to happen, man. Changes are going to happen. And uh, you know what? Let's just get right into the football, man. Let's go. So we're going to start off, you know, with the standings and how the teams are doing, you know, and uh, right now, man, how the teams are doing. Um, let me see how do I find the standings in this uh, beautiful NFL app. I, I hate this app. Oh, there it is. The standings right there. Here we go, man. And starting off with the AFC East. We got the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. Tied for first place, both at three and one. In the AFC North, you got the Baltimore Ravens leading that division with three and one. Lamar Jackson having a good year. AFC South, you got the Indianapolis Colts, and oh my God, all these teams are tied for first place. So this this division is up for grabs, man. You got the Colts, the Jaguars, the Texans, and the Titans. All tied with two wins and two losses. So this division is up for grabs, man. In the AFC West, none other than the defending champs leading that division with three wins and one loss. And going on to the NFC, we got the NFC East. Tough division. Not really. But NFC East, you got the Philadelphia Eagles defending NFC champs leading that division with four wins. And zero losses. In the NFC North, 
you got the Detroit Lions leading that division with three wins and one loss. And in the NFC South, you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers leading that division with three wins and one loss. And last but certainly not least, the NFC West, you got the San Francisco 49ers leading that division with four wins and no losses. So we got through the standings. And, uh, you know, before we go on to the, you know, the league leaders, um, I just want to say Hector couldn't make it today. You know, he's a very busy man. But Hector's definitely going to be here next week when we talk about football, man. You know, my boy Hector, man. You know, just think things happen, guys. Things happen. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. You know, you just got to keep on going. You just got to keep on pushing, keep on driving, and remain resilient. You know, because stuff happens, guys. Stuff happens, and we're just going to keep on going with it, man. So let's go to the league leaders in the NFL. Let me just pull them up real fast. I should be prepared, of course. But, you know, I'm very... uh... (laughs) Player stats. So who's leading the league in passing? Number one at passing, you got Tua Tagovailoa. With 1,306 passing yards. Rounding out the top five, you got Matthew Stafford with 1,200. You got Kirk Cousins. All right, let me be more specific. You got Matthew Stafford with 1,229. Kirk Cousins, 1,214. And the rookie, CJ Stroud, with 1,212 yards. And at the fifth spot, you got Justin Herbert with 1,106 yards. Leading the league in rushing, none other than the best running back in the whole league, Christian McCaffrey. He's got 459 yards. And right behind him, you got DeAndre Swift. Right behind DeAndre Swift, you got James Conner and B. John Robinson tied for for third place. And in fifth place, you got Tony Pollard. With 311 yards. Leading the league in receptions. Total receptions catched. You got Puka Nakua. If I'm saying his name right. But this guy is also a rookie. And he's got 39 receptions on the on the gear. Leading the league. Number two, you got Keenan Allen. Number three, you got Devontae Adams. Number four, you got Justin Jefferson. And number five, you got Stefan Diggs. But at the number one spot, you got a rookie in Puka Nakua with 39 receptions, man. And these other names behind him, crazy. Crazy, crazy. And uh, we're going to go through some other couple stacks, stats, stats. And, you know, that's about it. That's really most of the, uh, most of the stats. You know, mo- the most important stats, to be honest. Those are the most important stats. Uh, Let's get on. We're going to talk about the Giants now, man. Let's go. Giants looking to bounce back after getting smoked by the Niners and not standing a chance at all. Andrew Thomas still out. The highest paid left tackle in the league. So the Giants have a makeshift O-line right now, man. It's, it's, It's looking bad. All right, so I'm just going to go through all the drives 
and then my thoughts and analysis at the end. So here we go. Giants' first drive, they got a first down on back-to-back runs. Daniel Jones is looking like Zach Wilson holding the ball too long, man, you know? And they get to fourth down, and the Giants go for it. The Giants go for it. I would have went for three, you know, to get some points, to get some momentum, to get the lead, to to because the Giants only had the lead this whole series for like 13 seconds. You know, so I would get I would take my three, get the lead, get some points up, but no, Brian Dayball thought otherwise. He thought, let's go for a QB sneak. It go for a QB sneak. And it's failed. It stopped. After a solid drive, mixing it up, running pass, this guy Dable has a habit of going for it on the first drive. I, I it, that, that just reminds me of when they played the Philadelphia Eagles last season in the playoffs. You know? You, you go down the field and you go for it on, fir- on, on, fo- on fourth down on the first drive? You know how much momentum you know how much momentum that's gonna give the other team if they get that stop? And they get stopped, so it's whatever. So the Seahawks get their first drive, and the Seahawks they just have huge momentum after stopping the sneak. You know? But, you know, the Giants they defend. They force a three and out. Thibodeau, cave on Thibodeau with the sack. Gets a sack. Finally, he's getting some pressure. The Giants' second drive, Daniel Jones with a carry for a first down, and then they end up punting. Seahawks' second drive, there's just so many penalties in this drive, you know, as the Seahawks haven't moved anywhere. There's, there were five straight penalties on five straight plays. They almost convert, but DK Metcalf stepped out of bounds. You know, the refs already got their work cut out for them, you know, and... The Giants forced to pump. So the Giants get their third drive. They get a first down. And then Daniel Jones fumbles. Daniel Jones now has 24 career fumbles. The most in the league since he was drafted. So since 2019, he's got the most fumbles out of any quarterback with 24. So ball security, obviously a problem for Danny, Danny Jones. Seahawks recover. They got great field position on their third drive. They're in the red zone. Touchdown, DK Metcalf. Giants get the ball back, you know, for their fourth drive. And the Giants this season have been outscored in the half 70 to six so far. 70 to six. And it just shows you how bad the Giants have been struggling. In the Giants' fourth drive, they punt. Seahawks' fourth drive, Kayvon Thibodeau dropped an interception. He dropped the interception that could have been a pick six. No doubt about it. But he dropped it. He got butterfingers. Giants able to force the punt after the potential pick six. Giants fifth drive. A couple conversions from the Giants. 
They get a field goal attempt from 55 yards, and it's good. Finally, Giants on the board. The Seahawks' fifth drive, Drew Locke comes in after Geno Smith goes down. And Seattle, after Noah Font breaks three tackles, they got first and goal. First and goal with a backup QB. Touchdown, Seahawks. Touchdown, Seahawks. And the Giants can't even stop the backup QB. Like, come on, man. With that touchdown, the Giants have been outscored in the first half 77 to 9. Guys, get used to that sound, man. Get used to that sound because that sound right there just explained this whole Giants season so far. And this game. So let's hear it one more time for the Giants. <laughs> so after the touchdown from the Seahawks by their backup QB, they got a rushing touchdown from Kenneth Walker. He's had, he had a big game. So the Giants get the ball back, you know, their sixth drive. And it's almost, inter almost intercepted. They have a minute before the half, and the Giants are the only team without a touchdown in the first half this season. The Giants haven't scored a touchdown in the first half this whole season, man. Crazy. So the Giants end up punting. Seahawks get their sixth drive before the half. And uh, the Giants were able to force a punt. Oh, wait. Never mind. Penalty on the Giants. On the special teams on the punt. Roughing the kicker. Four penalties on special teams for the Giants so far. They can't do anything right. <laughs> It's finally halftime, 14-3. Seattle gets the ball back. They deferred on the opening kick. So the, the Seahawks' seventh drive, Geno's back in the game, and he, he gets a huge conversion um, on third down to Tyler Lockett. There's just, and at this point, there's just so many penalties in this game. This game is trash so far. This game is horrible. Probably one of the worst games I've ever seen. Another big run game for the Hawks. Giants having trouble tackling. You know, they can't stop anyone. The Seahawks, they go for it on fourth and two after coming down the field. Huge play. Turnover on downs by the Giants, man. Let's go. Finally, the defense makes a play. To get some momentum. So the Giants get the ball back. Giants get their seventh drive. You would think after getting a stop on turn on fourth and two. After getting a stop, you got some good momentum. Offense is going to come in with some good momentum. The Giants come in. 
Back to back sacks, three and out. Seahawks eighth drive. They're able to go down the field. Field goal attempt. No good. Let's go. So we're up to the Giants' eighth drive. Their last drive, after getting a huge stop on fourth and two, they give up back-to-back sacks, and they do a three and out. And they go three and out. So the Giants get the ball back. And it's their eighth drive. Daniel Jones is holding the ball too long, and he's getting hit. Finally, Jones, he converts on a read option play. Jones converts on fourth down with a scramble. Pretty solid drive. Next play. On first and goal. Pick six. Pick six. On first and goal. The rookie, Devin Witherspoon, out of Illinois, is killing us. 97-yard pick six. He's got six tackles and two sacks so far. 21-3, to Seahawks. Giants ninth drive is fourth and fifth, and they convert. Daniel Jones gets sacked again for the seventh time. Giants punt on their ninth drive. Seahawks punt on their ninth drive as well. Giants on their tenth drive starts off with a sack. The Giants only only able to get yardage by Daniel Jones scrambling. And then when he doesn't scramble, another interception. Another interception. The Seahawks get the ball back for their 10th drive. Huge run for Walker for first down, first and goal. The field goal attempt is good. Giants, 11th drive. The Seahawks get their 10th sack on Daniel Jones. And they end up punting. The Seahawks, 10th drive, and this game is over. You know, they bring in Drew Locke, the backup, and it's just a terrible game for the Giants. Giants get a... Giants get a turnover on downs. Giants get a 12th drive with Tyrod Taylor. Game over. 24-3 Seahawks. Probably one of the worst games I've ever seen in my life. So many penalties. 14 penalties in total between two teams. The Giants stood no chance at all. The makeshift O-line can't block. The defense can't tackle. Daniel Jones can't protect the ball. He can't make plays. Brian Dayball, visually upset, you know, with Daniel Jones after the pick six. And he just throws the tablet after showing Daniel Jones what just happened. 
you know, it's not good to see at all your coach just giving up on you. Your coach giving up on you after, you know, after the pick six. And it's just tough to see, man. It's tough to be a Giant fan right now. You know, the longest throw from Daniel Jones was seven yards from the pocket. Giants have been outscored 77-9 to in the first half. And, you know, the Giants are looking like the worst team in the league right now. They go next week to face the Dolphins, looking to pull an upset. Good luck. Now we're going on. Now we're going to talk about the Jets, man. The Jets, baby. The Jets versus the Chiefs. Jets come in after losing a tough game to the Patriots. Chiefs come in after beating the... I don't know who they beat. But I know that Travis Kelsey is dating Taylor Swift, which happens to be the biggest story in NFL right now, which is just horrible. This is this is stupid. It's a relationship, guys. A tight end and a, fo- a football player and a singer. Like, come on, man. It's a relationship... A man and a boy. I mean, I'm, oh, not a man and a boy. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, 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 I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Let's reset. A man and a woman. Like, come on, guys. This is a relationship. Let's be serious. This is not Gossip Girl or some BS. Like, come on, man. This is this is sports we're talking about, man. Not relationships. Not loving hip-hop. Not, not, not... Hip-hop and football, like, come on, man. Let's be serious. Anyways, back to the game. So we're going to go drive by drive as we do. Let's get it. The Chiefs, their first drive. Travis Kelsey, first down, wide open. Of course he's going to get the pass. Of course of course, he's going to get the pass because he's in the spotlight right now. He's in the spotlight. Taylor Swift is in the house. And of course he's going to get the first pass and he's going to convert. Like, come on, man. Kelsey, first down again. You know, the Jets, they stop the run, and they force a field goal. Nice. The Jets, the first drive, good thing to see is that there was a play action on the first play. It wasn't a run. It was a play action. Three and out. All right, it's a three, get a three and out. All right, cool. Giant Chiefs second drive. Mahomes having a lot of time. You know, he runs for a first down. Jets aren't able to get any pressure right now. But then Pacheco scores a touchdown on a run. So at this point, it's 10-0. to And the Giants, I mean, the Jets come in, you know, for their second drive. They start off with a run first. They start off with a run. Nice. First down. Dalvin Cook comes in. Loss of yards. Like he's he's really struggling. Dalvin Cook is really struggling. And he's been a waste of signing this offseason for the Jets so far. He's he's not he's not doing nothing for this team right now. Jets punt. Chiefs on their third drive, 33-yard gain. 
from Pacheco on a check down pass. And I'm in. Touchdown pass for Mahomes. 18 plays on that drive. 17 to 0. Kansas City. This game so far might be over by the end of the first quarter. So far. From from what I'm seeing, this game is over already. This game is done. Jets have no chance. Chiefs are scoring effortlessly in the first quarter. And it's not looking good. So the Jets get the ball back on their third drive. They're looking to answer after two empty drives. They start off with a run, a horrible handoff. They get a first down on a completion to Garrett Wilson. Then they go for a flea flicker. And Zach Wilson misses Alan Lazard. And he takes the sack. You got two empty drives. And you guys are trying a freaking flea flicker? A flea flicker. You guys are getting cute down 17 to 0 with a flea flicker. A flea flicker is when the quarterback, he hands the ball to the running back. The running back takes the ball. He takes like two steps, faking the defense like he's going to run the ball. Then he stops. He turns around. He tosses it back to the quarterback. And the quarterback is supposed to hit a, a receiver that's already downfield. So they get in cute with this flea flicker. And then Zach Wilson gets Zach. He gets sacked. And the Jets punt. The flea flicker worked. The flea flicker worked. But it was a horrible toss from Dalvin Cook. And Zach Wilson missed Alan Lazard. He missed Alan Lazard and then he took the he took the sack. You know? So the Chiefs get the ball back on their fourth drive. And so far, they've scored on every drive. But the Jets are able to get a three and out. And Valdez Scantlin dropped the ball. And then the Chiefs get a face mask call. And it's a safety. It's a safety. The Jets are on the board. It is now 17 to 2. <laughs> Let's go. So the the Jets force a safety and that Wilson and the Jets the Jets get the ball back, you know, for their fourth drive. Wilson to Wilson connection looking good so far. Zach Wilson to Garrett Wilson. You know, they got three receptions so far. And uh, Zach Wilson hits Alan Lazard downfield. Third and three. Play action scramble from Zach. And dude misses the catch. Conklin. Conklin. The tight end drops the ball on a diving catch, you know. he could have Zach Wilson could have placed it a little better. But Conklin 
dropped the ball. He caught it, and then when he hit the ground, the ball came out. So that could have gave us that could have gave the Jets a touchdown. That literally could have gave the Jets a touchdown. It could have been uh, nine to seventeen, but they dropped the ball, and uh, you know they kicked the field goal. The field goal is good, and so far Zach is releasing the ball early. He's releasing the ball early, and he's looking solid so far. Chiefs get the ball back for their fifth drive. Interception! Interception by the Jets! Jets' fifth drive. They got they got some momentum right now after back-to-back possessions, forcing a safety and forcing an interception. Jets got momentum so far. So, Zach Wilson misses a throw to Garrett Wilson. You know, Zach's looking good coming off the play actions. First down the Cobb. The Jets are in the red zone. Touchdown on a fade. Wow! I forgot who caught that ball. Let me see who caught that ball. I forgot who caught that ball, but I'm going to see who caught that ball. For the Jets on that fade, man. On that fade. Uh, I'm not going to guess who it was. Let me guess. Um, no, nah, I'm not going to guess. I, I, who caught that ball, man? I'm checking right now. I'm checking. I'm checking. I'm checking. Bear with me. Bear with me. Bear with me, guys. More. Nope. Oh, CJ Uzama. Uzama. Uzama scored the touchdown for the Jets on the fade. Let's go. Wow, the Jets looking good so far. They're looking good. A lot of play action passes. Putting Zach Wilson where he's comfortable on the run. 17-11. The Chiefs. I mean, yeah. 17-11. Chiefs are up. But it's okay. It's okay. You know? It's uh it's it's a good game. You know, the Chiefs get the ball back on the seven on their sixth drive. You know, Isaiah Pacheco, he had a game, man. Man, he had a game. He was just he was imposing his will. You know, Kadarius Tony. Um, Kadarius Tony got a first down, misinterception by the Jets again by C.J. Mosley. He he kind of cost us the game to him. We'll get into that later. But C.J. Mosley, he had a pretty bad game. You know, Jets able to force the field goal twenty to twelve. Twenty to twelve. Um. Uh, Chiefs are up. You hear that poppy? That popping in the background? I think they're, oh, you know, we live in a, we live in an apartment building, so, you know, ACs, they be dropping water, and it's falling on my AC, so, and you just hear that pop, 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 look, 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 listen, listen. 
that's the water hitting my AC. So let me get back into it, man. So it's night. It's twenty to twelve after the field goal from the Chiefs. Jet Jets six drive. Zach first down on a check down pass. The Jets are dropping a couple balls for Zach. You know, Zach Wilson. You know, gets uh gets gets in field goal position. Jets field goal no good. Off the upright, no good. Chiefs get the ball back. Interception! Another interception forced by the Jets defense. Jets defense forced an interception. And to be honest, you know, Patrick Mahomes is 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 really he's missing throws. You know, he's missing throws. He's trying to get cute. And um, whatever, man. It is what it is. Jets got two interceptions so far. Looking really good. Defense stopping. And they're keeping them in it, man. They're keeping them in it, you know, like they have been this whole season. The Jets defense have really been, you know, keeping keeping the game close, man. Keeping the game close. But uh, here we go. So it's halftime. So after the after that interceptions, Jets get the get the ball back, but they take the knee and you know they uh, they they take it at halftime. Jets got the ball to start off the drive, to start off the half, and uh, it's their eighth drive. And Zach Wilson starts off with a dot, a dot. Starts off with a dot. He gets another first down. Three straight dots from Zach Wilson right now. He's dotting up the Chiefs offense. He's he's three for three for 60 yards on this drive so far. Touchdown, Alan Lazard. What a freaking drive from Zach Wilson, and they're going for two. They're going for two. Zach Wilson with the rush, two-point conversion. It is 20 to 20. It's a tie game. Against the defending champs. Against the defending champs, tie game, 20 to 20. And that was like the best drive I've ever seen from Zach Wilson in my entire life. He was literally dotting up, dotting up the Chiefs' defense in that drive, man. And it was just amazing. Seven plays, 75 yards in that drive. It was just crazy. Crazy to see that from Zach Wilson. He started off with a 25-yard pass, then a 12-yard pass, then a 23-yard pass, and then a 5-yard pass, and then a touchdown to Alan Lazard. And then he scores the two-point conversion, man. Just just beautiful offense to start off the half for the Jets. Amazing. Amazing to see. That was a great drive. Probably, oh, my God. That was an amazing drive. The Chiefs' eighth drive. You know, they get the ball back on their eighth drive. And the Jets' defense are just all over the Chiefs. And they force a three and out. They force a three and out. 
Jets get the ball back, aren't able to do anything. They punt. Chiefs get the ball back. They aren't able to do anything as well, and they punt. Um, the Jets' 10th drive, uh, they got a 43-yard run, run by Brees Hall, but they, they ended up punting. The Chiefs' 10th drive, you know, they got short gains. Jets forced a field goal. Jets forced a field goal. They got had great red zone defense, but it was just tough. The Jets' 11th drive, uh, Garrett Wilson got a first down, another first down. Zach Wilson looking good on this drive as well. He's letting the ball go early, and then Zach Wilson mishandles the snap. He takes his eyes off it, and he fumbles it, and he turns it over. Vintage Zach Wilson. After a huge, after a great drive, you know, he takes his eyes off the football for just a little second, and he drops the snap, and he fumbled. He fumbled. Chiefs get the ball back for their 11th drive. There's penalties all over the place, delaying this drive. Tough holding call on Sauce Gardner. That could have resulted that 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 scratched an interception. Jets got an interception, and then the and then after the Jets caught the interception, the refs threw a flag. The refs threw a flag, holding on Sauce Gardner, which was very questionable. Very questionable. You know, it's a very long drive for the Chiefs so far. Huge third and eight for the game. 23 to 20, the Chiefs win. It was a great game. It was a great game. Fun to watch. Great game from Zach Wilson. He got rid of the ball quickly. And this is a stat. This is a stat of what happens when Zach Wilson gets rid of the ball quickly. When he gets rid of the ball, when he throws the ball over 2.5 seconds, he's averaging 4.3 yards per pass. He's got a passer rating of 19, and he's got four interceptions when he throws the ball over 2.5 seconds, which is just horrible. But this is the stat. When he throws the ball under 2.5 seconds, he averages 7.7 yards per attempt. And he's got a passer rating of 115. And he's got zero interceptions when he throws the ball under 2.5 seconds. You know, he made quick decisions. He had some great throws. He looked very confident and he looked fearless out there. My favorite moment was the first Jets drive after halftime. You know, Zach Wilson, he just dotted up the offense, made great throws that drive, and just zipped it down the field. He went 5 for 5, and he scored the two-point conversion in that drive. I thought the game was over before the end of the first quarter when the Chiefs were up 17-0. But the Jets, they fought back, and they made it interesting. But they came up a bit short. Huge game for Isaiah Pacheco. He literally carried in the last quarter to finish off the Jets. They had the ball for the last seven minutes of the fourth quarter. You know, 
Let me just read you Isaiah Pacheco's stats for that game because he really had a good game. He had 20 attempts. He had 115 yards. And he had a rushing touchdown. I knew he was going to play with a chip on his shoulder because he's from New Jersey. He's from New Jersey, so... You know, they were playing in MetLife, so he had to come up, show up, and show out. So he had a really huge game, and he literally carried them, you know, in that last possession. You know? In conclusion, Zach Wilson played the best game of his... Played the best game of his career. No question. He went 28 for 39. For 245 yards, he threw for two touchdowns and converted a two-point conversion. And he converted two points. You know, he made a huge mistake. You know, he made a huge mistake taking his eyes off of the snap and fumbling. But you can see the improvement. You can see the improvement. You can see the confidence. And don't let this Jets team get get hot, man. Don't let this Jets offense get hot is what I'm saying. The defense is there. Don't let this offense get hot. I feel like Aaron Rodgers also played a part because he did show up to the game. So I think he also played a part in the play calling, but just it was just a great game. You know, he made a huge mistake, but you can see the improvement. You know, kudos to the play calling as well. The very first drive for the Jets started with a play action pass, which in the past would re- would which in the past would usually be a run on first down. Easy. You know, the play calling was on the money for the offense. They had a great job. They made they, they did a great job mixing it up, putting Zach Wilson in positions to succeed. A lot of play action passes. You know, it was really good play play calling from from the Jets. Really good stuff. But the rest, the ref, the refs also played a huge part in this game and made a crucial holding call against Sauce Gardner, which was very questionable. And it possibly cost the New York Jets this game. Robert Sala was heated. He was heated. Anywho, the Jets are moving in the right direction. The Jets are moving in the right direction. Oh, and lastly, Dalvin Cook still sucks. He's got 30 attempts and 74 yards. Pathetic. The Jets play the Broncos next Sunday looking to go 2-3. and three. Wow, good stuff from football, man. Good stuff from football. This episode is flying along. I like it. Oh, God, I got some good energy, guys. Let's go. Let's go, man. Let's get on to baseball. Quick little stuff from baseball, as yesterday was the beginning of the first round of the playoffs of the wild card, and uh, today was the ending, because all teams won 2-0. to zero. There was no game threes. There are no game threes scheduled for tomorrow. There are literally no game threes scheduled for tomorrow. Every team come every team clinched from the second game. And uh it was just fun. It's fun to watch. Just gonna tell you who clinched and uh the postseason predictions, man. 
I mean, not the postseason predictions, but, you know, the playoff picture for the second round. So clinching between the Rays and the Texas Rangers. The Rangers clinched and eliminate the Tampa Bay Rays, who had 99 wins this season. Nathan Avaldi throwing a gem. Yesterday, Jordan Montgomery throwing a gem. And the Rays were just bounced. Easy money. Light work for the Texas Rangers. As they scored 11 runs in both games. Uh, in both games combined. And the Tampa Bay Rays only scored one. So the bats came alive for the Texans Rangers. And the Rays pitching didn't hold up. Rays bats went quiet. It was just bad to see. My prediction was I had I had the Rays winning it. I had the Rays winning it, but how could I go against the number two run-scoring offense in the league? The Rangers scored. The Rangers were behind the Braves in total runs scored this season. You know? So how could I go against that? Mistake, my mistake. My mistake for going against that. And... um. You know, it was it was tough. Oh no, nah, I was wrong. I'm wrong. I was wrong. They actually had the second most amount of at bats. And they were the number three, number three um highest scoring runs team in the league. <laughs> Sorry, my mistake. But yeah, man, that just shows you. You know, what kind of offense that team has, and they're pretty loaded. You know, so uh, that was that was the American League. And the second, the second uh, wild card uh, series was between the Blue Jays and the Twins. The Twins end up eliminating, end up eliminating the Blue Jays in two games. Questionable decision by the manager. For taking out Jose Barrios in the fourth inning with only 45 pitches. You know, today and yesterday, Royce Lewis continued where he left off. Hot as hell. He hit two home runs. The only offense provided by the Twins yesterday. And today, Carlos Correa hits a huge uh, RBI single with the bases loaded. 2-0, to zero, the Twins win. And they eliminate the Blue Jays. I had the Blue Jays winning it. But their offense didn't come up. Vlad Jr. is officially a scrub. Man on second and third. Man on second and third. Two outs. You're down two. You got the best. You got your best player at the plate in Bo Bichette. You got your best player at the plate in Bo Bichette. Man on second and third. With two outs. Vlad Jr. gets picked off at second. Like, how do you allow that to happen? You get picked off at second with your best hitter at the plate with two outs in the playoffs? Come on, bro. Huge mistake by Vlad Jr. on there, and that literally cost him the series right there. They weren't able to get any runs, 
And also later in that game, bases loaded, one out. Matt Chapman grounds into a double play. The The Blue Jays' offense just went silent. Just went silent. That stacked lineup, you cannot go silent with that lineup, man. And you cannot make, you cannot get picked off at second with your best hitter at the plate with two outs down two. Cannot do that. Cannot. I had the Blue Jays win in that series, but I was wrong again. I admit it. I was wrong. And uh, the Twins ended up winning. In the NL, in the NL wild card, you got the D-backs and the Brewers. D-backs and the Brewers, D-backs clinch. D-backs clinch. D-backs clinch. Yesterday, after going down early 3-0, Corbin Carroll and Cattell Marte hit back-to-back jacks to tie the game. And just they, they didn't look back. Ever since that game. They haven't looked back. And they won yesterday 6-3. And they won today 5-2. Again. Again. Today. They went down early. On Zach Galen. On Zach Galen. He gave up two runs in the first inning. But he held them in check. He held them in check. Fifth inning. Arizona gets on the board. Sixth inning. They scored four runs. And uh, they just don't look back. They clinch. I think I had. I think I said the D backs yesterday. I'm pretty sure I said the D backs yesterday on my prediction. And I'm glad. I'm glad I got one of them right. <laughs> so the D backs clinch, and uh, the D backs are gonna play the Dodgers. I'm sorry, I forgot to say who's gonna play who in the American League. So after the Twins, they. Uh, they beat the Blue Jays. They're going to face the Astros. And uh, after the Rays lost to the Rangers, after the Rangers beat the Rays, um, they're going to face the Baltimore Orioles in the, in, the, in the ALDS. For the for the NLDS, you got the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. And the last series was... The Marlins versus the Phillies. And the Phillies just smoke them. They smoke them both games. Phillies won 4-1 to yesterday. And they won 7-1 to today. Back-to-back gems from Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola. Craig Kimbrell got the save yesterday. Gregory Soto strikes out Jazz Chisholm looking on a sinker. Phillies offense looking stacked. As Bryson Stott hit a grand slam today. Trey Turner also having a good series so far. And the Phillies are looking pretty good. That offense is looking really good. Phillies are going to play the Braves. Phillies are going to play the Braves in a rematch from last year. In a rematch of last year's last year's series. And it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. Houston Astros. So here here are my predictions. Let's get to the predictions. Playoffs start Saturday. ALDS starts Saturday. All four all four teams. I mean, all four. All teams are playing Saturday. 
October 7th. First game up is going to be the Rangers versus the Orioles. And um, I got the Orioles in that series. I got the Orioles in six games. I got the Orioles in six games that series. On the other series, the Twins versus the Astros. I got the Astros in five. Shouldn't be a problem for them. I got the Astros in five. And for the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers, I got the Dodgers in... F oh, no. Actually, um, what am I saying? They they only play... Uh, it's best out of five. It's best out of five. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's best out of five in the ALDS. I'm, I'm tweaking. <laughs> nah, I'm saying... Yeah, it's best out of five. Um... For the ALDS. So for the Texas Rangers and Baltimore Orioles, I got that uh I got the I got the I could see it going to five. I could see it going to five games and the Orioles winning it in five games. Astros, I see them winning it in four games. Um Diamondbacks and Dodgers. Dodgers looking stacked. I see them winning it in three games. And uh for the Phillies and the Braves. I got the Braves winning it in four games. Braves in four. Dodgers in four. Actually, Dodgers, Dodgers in three and four. Dodgers three and four. Baltimore Orioles versus Rangers going to five. I see the Astros just winning three straight. So it's going to be a fun playoffs. It's really fun. Good, good baseball so far. And, uh... You know, that's going to conclude the sports segment. Uh, let's get into the Bible talk, man. Let's go. Yesterday was very fun. Yesterday we had a lot of fun. Well, I had a lot of fun, you know, um, reading, starting off Exodus. That is where I left off. I never, I, I was never able to finish off the Bible, but... um. You know, because it got slow. You know, it got slow on me, and I just, you know, I lost interest. But I, I'm back. You know, I got, I stopped in Exodus, but we're back, man. And we're better. We're better, and we got a mission, man. We got a mission to spread the gospel, man. We're doing Jesus' work right here, man. We're doing God's work right here, man. It's what we do out here, you know? It's what we do in these times. In these times, just spread the gospel. Just spread it. Spread the Lord's word. The Lord's word. And let's get into it, man. We're, we left off at Exodus 5. Exodus 5 in the easy-to-read version. Follow along, guys. Moses, After Moses and Aaron talked to the people, they went to Pharaoh and said, The Lord, the God of Israel, says, Let my people go into the desert so that they can have a festival to honor me. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord? Why should I obey him? Why should I let Israel go? I don't even know who the Lord is. So I refuse to let Israel go. Then Aaron and Moses said, The God of the Hebrews has talked with us. So we beg you to let us travel three days into the desert. There we will offer a sacrifice to the Lord our God. If we don't do this, he might become angry. And destroy us. He might make us die from sickness or war. 
But Pharaoh said to them, Moses and Aaron, you are bothering the workers. Let them do their work. Go back to go back to your own work. There are very many workers and you are keeping them from doing their jobs. That same day, Pharaoh gave a command to the slave masters and Hebrew foremen. He said, you have always given the people straw to use to make bricks. But now tell them they have to go and find their own straw to make bricks. But they must still make the same number of bricks as they did before. They have gotten lazy. That is why they are asking me to let them go. They don't have enough work to do. That is why they asked me to let them make sacrifices to their God. So make these people work harder. Keep them busy. Then they will not have enough time to listen to the lies of Moses. Ooh, Pharaoh. So the Egyptian slave masters and the Hebrew foremen went to the Israelites and said, Pharaoh has decided that he will not give you straws for your bricks. You must go and get the straw for yourselves. So go and find straw. But you must still make as many bricks as you made before. So the people went everywhere in Egypt looking for straw. The slave masters forced the people to work even harder. They forced the people to make as many bricks as before. The Egyptian slave masters had chosen the Hebrew foremen and had made them responsible for the work the people did. The Egyptian slave masters beat these foremen and said to them, Why aren't you making as many bricks as you made in the past? If you could do it then, you can do it now. Then the Hebrew foremen went to Pharaoh. They complained and said, We are your servants. Why are you treating us like this? You give us no straw, but you tell us to make as many bricks as before? And now our masters are beating us? Your people are wrong for doing this. Pharaoh answered, You are lazy and you don't want to work. That is why you ask me to let you go? And that is why you want to leave here and make sacrifices to the Lord? Now go back to work. We will not give you any straw and you must still make as many bricks as you did before. The Hebrew foreman, the Hebrew foreman knew they were in trouble. The Hebrew foreman knew they were in trouble because Pharaoh had told them, you must still make as many bricks as you made before. When they were leasing, when they were leaving the meeting with Pharaoh, they passed Moses and Aaron. Moses and Aaron were waiting for them. So they said to Moses and Aaron, May the Lord judge and punish you for what you did. You made Pharaoh and his rulers hate us. You have given them an excuse to kill us. Then Moses prayed to the Lord and said, Lord, 
Why have you done this terrible thing to your people? Why did you send me here? I went to Pharaoh and said what you told me to say, but since that time he has made the people suffer, and you have done nothing to help them. Uh-oh. Exodus 6, guys. We're in Exodus 6. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. I will use my great power against him, and he will let my people go. He will be so ready for them to leave that he will force them to go. Then God said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They called me God All-Powerful. They did not know my name. The Lord, I made an agreement with them. I promised to give them the land of Canaan. They lived in that land, but it was not their own. Now I have heard their painful cries. I know that they are slaves in Egypt. And I remember my agreement. So tell the Israelites that I say to them, I am the Lord. I will save you. You will no longer be slaves of Egyptians. I will use my great power to make you free and I will bring terrible punishment to the Egyptians. You will be my people and I will be your God. I am the Lord God and you will know that I made you free from Egypt. I made a great promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I promised to give them special land. So I will lead you to that land. I will give you that land. It will be yours. I am the Lord. So Moses told this to the Israelites. But the people did not listen to him. They were working so hard that they were not patient with Moses. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go tell Pharaoh that he must let the Israelites leave his land. But Moses answered, Lord, the Israelites refuse to listen to me. So surely Pharaoh will also refuse to listen. I am a very bad speaker. But the Lord talked with Moses and Aaron and commanded them to go and talk to the Israelites and to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. He commanded them to lead the Israelites out of the land of Egypt. These are the names of the leaders of the families of Israel. Israel's first son, Reuben, had four sons. They were Hanok, Palu, Hezron, and Carmi. Simeon's sons were Jemuel, Jamin, Ohad, Jakin, Zohar, and Shal. Levi lived 137 years. His sons were Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. Gershon had two sons, Libni and Shimei. Shimei. Kohath lived 133 years. His sons were Amram, Izhar, Hebron, and Uzil. Uzil, oh, I'm, oh. 
I know somebody named Uzil. Merari's sons were Mahal, Mah, Mali, and Muji. All these families were from Israel's sons, Levi. Guys, this is where it gets a little slow. I'm going to try my best to keep it as interesting as possible, you know, with the names and all that. But let's get it, man. We are learning about the sons, the families of Levi. Amram lived 137 years. He married his father's sister, Joshebed. Amron and Joshebed gave birth to Aaron and Moses. Oh, so this is very important, guys. All these families were from Israel's son, Levi. So it all connects. It all connects. Crazy. So Amram, his father was Kohath. So Amram lived 137 years. He married his father's sister, Joshebed. Amram and Joshebed gave birth to Aaron and Moses. Wow. Izhar's sons were Korah, Nephag, and Zikri. Uzil's sons were Mishael, Mishael, Elzphan, and Sithri. Aaron married Elisheba. Aaron and Elisheba gave birth to Nadab, Abihu, Elizer, and Ithamar. My boy Elijah, man. I miss that guy. One of my closest friends. Huge shout out to my boy Elijah. One of my closest friends since fifth grade. He's currently living in Texas right now. I miss that guy. I haven't seen him in like three years, three to four years. Miss that guy. Miss him like hell. Hope he's good, man. Elijah, love you, bro. Hope you're listening. <laughs> he, I don't know. Whatever. But huge shout out to my boy Elijah, man. I love that guy. The sons of Korah were Asir. Elkanah and Abisaf. Aaron's sons, Elizer, married a daughter of Putil. She gave birth to Phineas. All these people were from Israel's son, Levi. Aaron and Moses were from his tribe. Aaron and Moses were from this tribe. And they are the men the Lord spoke to and said, Lead my people out of Egypt in groups. Aaron and Moses are the men who talk to Pharaoh. The king of Egypt. And told him to let the Israelites leave Egypt. The Lord spoke to Moses again in the land of Egypt. He said, I am the Lord. Tell the king of Egypt everything I tell you. But Moses standing there before the Lord said, You know me, I'm a very bad speaker. How will I make the king listen to me? The Lord said to Moses, See how important I have made you? In speaking to Pharaoh, you will be like God. 
and your brother Aaron will be your prophet. You will tell Aaron everything that I command you, then he will tell the king what I say. And Pharaoh will let the Israelites leave the country. But I will make Pharaoh stubborn so that he will not do what you tell him. Then I will do many miracles in Egypt to prove who I am. But he will still refuse to listen. So then I will punish Egypt very much. And I will lead my army, my people, out of that land. I will punish the people of Egypt. And they will learn that I am the Lord. Then I will lead my people out of their country. Moses and Aaron did what the Lord told them. Moses was 80 years old at the time. And Aaron was 83. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Pharaoh will ask you to prove your power. He will ask you to do a miracle. Tell Aaron to throw his walking stick on the ground. While Pharaoh is watching, the stick will become a snake. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and obeyed the Lord. They obeyed. Aaron threw his walking stick on the ground. While Pharaoh and his officers watched the stick become a snake, Pharaoh called for his wise men and magicians. These men used their magic, and they were able to do the same thing as Aaron. They threw their walking sticks on the ground, and their sticks became snakes. But then Aaron's walking stick ate theirs. Pharaoh still refused to let the people go, just as the Lord said. Pharaoh refused to listen to Moses and Aaron. Uh-oh. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh is being stubborn. He refuses to let the people go. In the morning, Pharaoh will go out to the river, go to him by the edge of the river, take the walking stick that became a snake, tell him this, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, sent me to you. He told me to tell you to let it. His people go worship him in the desert. Until now, you have not listened to the Lord. So the Lord says that he will do something to show you that he is the Lord. I will hit the water of the Nile River with this walking stick in my hand. And the river will turn into blood. The fish in the river will die. And the river will begin to stink. Then the Egyptians will not be able to drink the water from the river. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron to hold the walking stick in his hand over the rivers, canals, lakes, and every place where they store water. When he does this, all this water will turn into blood. All the water, even the water stored in wood and stone jars, will turn into blood. So Moses and Aaron did what the Lord commanded. Aaron raised, Aaron raised the walking stick and hit the water in the Nile River. He did this in front of the Pharaoh and his officials. So all the water in the river changed into blood. The fish in the river died 
and the river began to stink. So the Egyptians could not drink water from the river. The blood was everywhere in Egypt. The magicians used their magic to do the same thing. So Pharaoh refused to listen to Moses and Aaron. This happened just as the Lord said. Pharaoh ignored what Moses and Aaron had done. He turned and went into his house. The Egyptians could not drink the water from the river, so they dug wells around the river for water to drink. Seven days passed after the Lord changed the Nile River. Then the Lord told Moses, Go to Pharaoh and tell him, The Lord says, Let my people go to worship me. If you refuse to let my people go, then I will fill Egypt with frogs. The Nile River will be filled with frogs. They will come from the river and enter your houses. They will be in your bedrooms and in your beds. They will be in the houses of your officials and in your ovens and in your jars of water. The frogs will be all over you, your people and your officials. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron to hold his walking stick in his hand over the canals, rivers, and lakes. Then the frogs will come out onto the land of Egypt. So Aaron raised his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs became, began coming out of the water and covered the land of Egypt. The magicians used their magic to do the same thing. So even more frogs came out of the land, came out and onto the land. Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Ask the Lord, to remove the frogs from me and my people. I will let the people go, offer sacrifices to the Lord. Moses said to Pharaoh, I will pray for you, your people and your officials. Then the frogs will leave you and your houses. They will remain only in the river. When do you want the frogs to go away? Pharaoh said, Tomorrow. Moses said, it will happen as you say. In this way, you will know that there was no God like the Lord, our God. The frogs will leave you, your house, your officials, and your people. They will remain in the water. Pharaoh, Moses and Aaron, Mo, I'm sorry, <laughs> Moses, is, Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh. Moses prayed to the Lord about the frogs he had sent against Pharaoh. And the Lord did what Moses asked. The frogs died in the houses, in the yards, and in the fields. They began to rot, and the whole country began to stink. But when Pharaoh saw that they were free of the frogs, he again became stubborn. Pharaoh did not want Moses and Aaron Pharaoh did not do what Moses and Aaron asked him to do. This happened just as the Lord had said. Then the Lord said to Moses, 
Tell Aaron to raise his stick and hit the dust on the ground. And everywhere in Egypt, dust will become lice. Uh Uh-oh. They did this. Aaron raised the stick in his hand and hit the dust on the ground. And everywhere in Egypt, the dust became lice. The lice got on the animals and the people. The magicians used their magic and tried to do the same thing, but the the magicians could not make lice come from dust. The lice remained on the animals and the people. So the magicians told Pharaoh that the power of God did this, but Pharaoh refused to listen to them. This happened just as the Lord had said. The Lord said to Moses, get up in the morning and go to Pharaoh. He will go out to the river, tell him that the Lord says, let my people go and worship me. If you don't let my people go, then flies will come into your house. The flies will be on you and your officials. The houses of Egypt will be full of flies. They will be all over the ground, but I will not treat the Israelites the same as the Egyptians. There will be, there will not be any flies in Goshen where my people live. In this way, you will know that I, the Lord, am in this land. So tomorrow, I will treat my people differently from your people. This will be my proof. So the Lord did just what he said. Millions, millions And millions of flies came into Egypt. These flies were in Pharaoh's house and they were in all of his officials' house. They were all over Egypt. The flies were ruining the country. So Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and told them, Offer sacrifices to your God here in this country. But Moses said, It would not be right to do that. The Egyptians think it is terrible to kill animals as sacrifices to our Lord God. If we do this here, the Egyptians will see us and throw the stones at us and kill us. Let us go three days into the desert and offer sacrifices to our Lord God. This is what he told us to do. So Pharaoh said, I will let you go and offer your sacrifices to the Lord your God in the desert. But you must must not go far. Now go and pray for me. Moses said, look, I will leave and ask the Lord to remove the flies from you, your people, and your officials. But you must not stop the people from offering sacrifices to the Lord. So Moses left Pharaoh and prayed to the Lord. And the Lord did what Moses asked. He removed the flies from Pharaoh, his officials, and his people. None of the flies remained. But Pharaoh again became stubborn and did not let the people go. Exodus 9, guys. We're going to stop it there. 
We finished Exodus 6, and you can see how stubborn Pharaoh is. But the Lord expected this. The Lord expected this. He expected the stubbornness, and he was prepared for it. Catch it in episode 23 next week. Guys, we have come to the conclusion of episode 22. We made it to 22 episode, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you, man. I just, I just can't believe. I can't believe I do this, you know, and, you know, things are happening, man. Changes are coming in my personal life, in my life. Changes are coming, you know, and full dedication is coming to this podcast, man. We're only just getting started, guys. We're literally only just getting started. Even though we're at episode 22, we're still just getting started, man. Still just getting started, guys. You know, and I want to thank you for accompanying me on this journey. Your ears listening. Um, but thank you guys. I'll catch you guys in episode 23. Sports with Jesus out. <laughs>